Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. TVP's announcements. This is a series that we have on our network where we give you announcements about upcoming projects and platforms that are entering the crypto ecosystem. Now, this is a disclaimer because we do that now. So, here's the thing. This is the presentation of a platform, and that's it. This is an investment advice. Don't take it as investment advice. If you like the platform, seek it out in the show notes. Go there, buy the things, invest in the platform. Help them out with your skill sets. But we're not giving you any recommendations or advice. This is just for you to listen to and soak up some new information about a new platform in this ecosystem. So, please enjoy. Hey everybody. Uh, If you've heard that specific set of music by The Absurdist, then you know It is time for another one of TVP's announcements. And today, uh, we're bringing you for the first time ever a return announcement, uh, a company that came on announcements uh, around six months ago, and uh, they wanted to come back and offer up some good news about where they are and where they aim to be. Uh, So without further ado, uh, welcome to the show, uh, Tori Reese, the Vice President of uh, Trust Token. So welcome. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. Awesome. So I, what we love to do with this show is, is kind of give the audience kind of uh, a rundown of who you are, maybe some of your background, uh, either professional uh, or, or personal, if you want to go into it. We've had that before, but just kind of a rundown on, on what you were doing before you ran into crypto and like and then that moment when you were like, OK, this is something that I'm going to go into and pursue and then, which eventually led to you being at Trust Token. We'll, we'll like stop where that, we'll, we'll stop right there with the story. Sure. So I, uh, I actually started my career um, in enterprise software with a small company called Microsoft. <laughs> so it was a, it was a definitely um, a shell shock, you know, <laughs> coming from studying, you know, uh, at Northwestern to this massive, Behemoth of the you know the beast that is Microsoft, but uh, it was really fantastic experience. <clears throat> Spent a few years there, really got to understand um, how uh, how IT infrastructure and and uh, really how enterprises, large scale enterprises, think about uh, technology. Uh, and that was that was really helpful. It was actually during that period of time that I first uh really got into bitcoin believe it or not i I almost invested in a bitcoin atm back in 2013 i I was living in minneapolis and i really wanted to bring one be the first uh, bitcoin atm in in minneapolis (laughs) um 
I did not pull the trigger on that, but that was when I made like my first uh, big uh, investment. And then, uh, you know, fast forward uh, after some time at Microsoft, I ended up coming out to the Bay Area to chase my startup dreams, joined another enterprise software company at the time, uh, working on building APIs for the enterprise. And then um, that went really well, spent a few years there and then went to start my own, uh, you know, chase my passion in financial technology and uh, started a company to help people get out of uh, consumer debt using uh, artificial intelligence. Um, so that was, uh, that was really though, that was back in you know, 2017. And that was also when, you know, the market started going crazy and uh, it was around then it was the first time I seriously was thinking about, you know, um, is consumer debt the most exciting space to be working in right now? Or should I make that shift to, to crypto? And um, after that, uh, after Harvest, which was the consumer debt company, um, I started consulting with uh, Trust Token and uh, Raf and Danny and Steven. And uh, this was, you know, it was early days, but really exciting. And, uh, you know, I just, that's, that's really when I was like, you know what, there's no other industry that I think that is more exciting than this. And I took the leap. So that's kind of my progression across uh, a lot of different fields. But now I'm really happy that I get to work on both financial technology, which I'm really passionate about, but also uh, where it meets the blockchain. And uh, so that's, that's my story. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it's a very similar story to, to a lot of, um, to a lot of professionals that are in the space now. And that's, you know, they, they start, they, they take wind of it and then they kind of dabble and then eventually there's usually a point where it's like, you know what, this is exciting. It's the most exciting thing. I'm just going to dive into it. And uh, what's really funny is that you and I are very similar and are uh, almost owning an, a Bitcoin ATM. Uh, <laughs> I actually still have the written proposal I gave to one of the, the co-hosts of our other show. Um, but we had just come off of an unsuccessful mining operation. So his his wife... Uh, she rejected my proposal to buy a Bitcoin yeah. ATM. <laughs> so. Hey, you know what? Getting uh, getting that wife approval sometimes that can be the the hardest step, but it's critical. You need that. <laughs> yeah, she put the hard kibosh on it. I wouldn't say it was yeah. unsuccessful. We just eventually, when Asics for Litecoin came around, we were like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, we can't compete with that. So yeah. Um. So I guess what we should do is is let's uh let's requalify the listeners who maybe missed the first episode of Trust Token, um, that like just joined in on listening to everything that goes through the network on you know what the origins of Trust Token are, and mm -hmm. uh, then we can go into True USD. But first, I want to talk about Trust Token specifically. So let's uh qualify the listeners. Sure. So Trust Token itself is a platform. Uh, it's a platform for tying real world assets to the blockchain. And in this case, when I say the blockchain, I'm, I'm talking about Ethereum. However, the platform is designed to really be blockchain agnostic. So, you know, we'll be compatible with whatever the dominant public blockchain is, um, you know, uh, at the time. And so uh, it's, it's a combination of legal protocols and technical protocols, because the most important thing for I guess your listeners understand is that, uh, you know, tying a real world asset, whether it's real estate or bonds um, or even art uh, to the blockchain or to any database requires, you know, that you have actual an actual legal framework in place um, to enforce it. 
you can't just say it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so we're, we're building a way for you to do that in a scalable manner and incorporate, you know, real world custodianship of those assets uh, into a single platform. Uh, and so it's, it's really exciting. We're, it's, it's, it's a departure from the traditional like crypto, let's call it like the crypto or purely digital asset space into bridging the real world with, uh, with the crypto space. Good deal. So it's not just virtual, it's kind of material as well. And, exactly. and, and how, just if you could, just a quick touch on some of these legal protocols that people need to understand, <clears throat> you know, so you don't just show up like, hey, I have a token of this piece of art and it's mine. It, it doesn't quite work that way. So what are some of the legal protocols that you're, that you're talking about? Sure. So we manage it in a number of ways. Um, you know, we, we were actually the first to create the concept of a smart trust. Uh, and in the smart trust, we actually create a trust and then uh, assign ownership of that trust to a smart contract on the Ethereum blockchain. And what that means is that in the eyes of the law, um, the management of that trust, let's say by you know a trust uh, company or a fiduciary, is actually being dictated uh, by the token holders and by the smart contract itself. Um, so it, it we actually it's pretty wild when you think about it. But um, you know today True USD, which is one of our flagship products, um, when when our fiduciary partner receives instructions in terms of you know wiring funds or receiving funds, um, it's actually receiving a lot of those instructions from the smart contract itself. And it's acting on behalf of token holders, even though, uh, you know, they, they don't necessarily know all the various token holders, but they're acting on their uh, behalf. Mm -hmm. And it's good that you went, you went into true USD because originally that's why trust token came on announcements was to announce um, that they were building true USD. And so perhaps this would be a better time than any to let the audience know exactly what true USD is. Um, and it's, it's basically trust tokens play uh, at the stable coin, right? Uh, there's there's a few stable toins, coins in the market now. There's, um, of course, we have uh, Tether, which is good mm -hmm. or bad. I don't know. It's got some good publicity, bad publicity. Who knows? And then there's the MakerDAO. Um, I believe there's one I'm missing. Even IBM said recently. Um, that they're going to develop a stable coin. So, so what? Uh, first, I'd like maybe we should outline why stable coins are needed, and then why mm -hmm. TrueUSD um, stands to be a really competitive uh, stable coin mm -hmm. in the, the entire ecosystem. Sure, sure. So, uh, yeah, TrueUSD is our uh, really you can think of it as a tokenized form of the U.S. dollar. So every TrueUSD is backed one for one by dollars that are held in an escrow account by a U.S. fiduciary uh, and it is held for the benefit of all of the various true USD token holders. So legally, all the token holders are protected um, from, you know, any bad actors, including, you know, if, if in like in Tether's situation where, you know, there's questions around how they move the money, whether or not there actually is a one to one parity. The reason we designed the system the way we did is that, you know, even we can't withdraw that money or touch it. Uh, it really does belong to the token holders. Uh, and it's redeemable through a web app that we built. Uh, and then in terms of like the relevant, uh, the relevance of stable coins in general, you know, the, the three dominant models that have come out is like you mentioned, MakerDAO, which is collateralizing their tokens with crypto assets like Ethereum. 
Um, although they're act- we're actually working with them because they're going to be adding true USD to the basket of digital collateral for uh, DAI, their stable coins. So that's pretty meta, but they'll be collateralizing it. Just one of the assets in the basket will be mm-hmm. true USD, um, which is which is interesting. Um, and then there's the algorithmic stable coins like Basis uh, and uh, and Carbon, uh, and those those have yet to launch. But the theory behind them is that they'll create almost like a digital representation of uh, of the Fed, of the Federal Reserve, that will issue and um, and redeem bonds uh, to keep the, the token stable. So that you know, time will tell if that model works out. It's very interesting uh, and would run independent of any government. And then there's our model, which is actually, uh, you know, where we we're we're using government endorsed currencies like the U.S. dollar or the euro or GBP, Japanese yen as well. Um, and we rep- we then issue a, a digital representation of that to- or of that currency, um, which makes it become a blockchain native currency. And it's important to have a stable store of value, especially during volatile times which in the crypto markets is every day <laughs> yeah tell me about it um yeah i think in, in some camps they call um they call that a flight to confidence uh asset you know it's, yeah it's that in times when uh obviously the the first half of this year it looks to be changing a little bit now um but the first half of this year and that extreme downward volatility see no one likes no one cares about volatility when it's going up they're just like you know who cares? We'll just take these earnings or take the winnings. <laughs> um, but we've had we've had such a um, decline in the or depreciation in the price that, um, mm-hmm. well, you know, a flight to confidence would be something like true USD. Um, it tether has acted that way and die. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, we we saw during the uh, all of the declines of the past six seven months. Um, there's been a massive demand for true USD as a stable store of value, um, where people are able to, you know, park their, um, their capital and hedge their bets. Uh, and so really some of our largest customers are, you know, institutions, hedge funds, uh, large traders who are looking for a way to keep their assets on the blockchain, you know, but store it in US dollars, which are, you know, very safe. Um, asset relative to, say, Bitcoin or Ethereum or any of the dominant cryptocurrencies. It's a. Uh, I think um, this leads us to a very interesting question, and, and I don't. I'm gonna see if I could phrase this right, and that is, you know, the the U.S. dollar isn't keen on competition, and so when you have trust token, which is basically a central entity uh, creating a cryptocurrency, um, I know it's pegged to the dollar. Could it ever work out so people are using the true USD so much more than they're using the dollar, and then the dollar gets that real competition? Are you worried that since you are a central entity, uh, you could, you know, the U.S. could come through and put the put the kibosh on everything? Yeah, no, that's. I think this is a common misconception. You know, we we actually have been taking a very different approach than most crypto companies in that we are working very closely with regulators. And um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but our some of our secret sauce is that um, when you do everything uh, by the book, you, you really have nothing to hide. I mean, we have complete transparency. It allows us to work with 
um, accounting firms and audit partners that, you know, won't work with most crypto companies. But it also means that from a quote unquote, you know, from a competition standpoint, um, we're not really competing with the dollar as much as we're creating another financial instrument that drives usage of the dollar. Um, you know, when we issue true USD, uh, it, it just represents another U.S. dollar held in a U.S. bank account. Um, you know, and it's, it's no different than a cashier's check or a certificate of deposit. Uh, and really, it's creating just new use cases for the U.S. dollar. Uh, and so we were since we're operating within such, um, you know, well-defined legal boundaries, uh, we're actually one of the only projects, uh, definitely when you look at like the top 100, let's say, uh, or top 200 projects in the space that has a, a published a legal opinion from a from a top five law firm. Uh, you know, stating, uh, basically stating the, the validity and, and the, the legal foundation for true USD and obviously for it not being a security, but also having, you know, um, a lot of precedents in terms of, you know, how it's used and what type of financial instrument it is. So, so we actually feel super confident in, uh, uh, in the product itself and, and in working with government agencies rather than against them. Yeah. It's a, it, I think it'll be a, a very you're probably going to end up being a leader in this uh ecosystem because that's going to have to be uh the approach most um businesses and, and, and entities and projects take is the compliance route that uh very very akin to how coinbase is doing things like they definitely asking for permission and not for forgiveness and they're taking things very slow and i think the harsh reality is that that's kind of what you have to do when we're talking about money especially an internet of money and value. Um, even Bitcoin in and of itself does not move fast uh, when it comes to changes. And we all witnessed the still ongoing uh, block size debate. But when we're talking about money and value, things tend to need to move slow for good reason. So it's good that you're yeah. kind of crossing your T's and down your I's, you know, before you realize you need to. So yeah, definitely. And and we're also, I mean, we're very fortunate to have a stellar team. You know, I mean, really it comes down to the people and we have, uh, you know, we have a really strong legal team in-house, uh, really strong compliance in-house. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's, an, it's, that's another advantage is, um, you know, I, I think like all the stable coins are also going to, you know, ultimately target different audiences. I think we're really targeting businesses, institutions, et cetera, who, who do want to deal with well understood, you know, government currencies or U.S. and international securities, et cetera. Um, but I think there's going to be a there's a whole lot. There's a there's a lot of other projects that are really great and are doing work to abstract away from existing governments and operate in their own sort of like completely new realm. And, and we're not one of those projects, but we're I'm actually also a big believer in those projects. I think it's like I'm a big believer in Bitcoin. Uh, for that reason, right, and the fact that it's reliant—it's not reliant on any government. Um, but that being said, I, I think there's huge advantages to, uh, to 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 operating within the existing legal constructs that there are today. You do. You see a world big enough for the both. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, I see. I see that too. I think it. it uh, the world almost is going to mandate both exist. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. That's me putting on my like or rubbing on my crystal ball. <laughs> And see yep. how things go, Nostradamus kind of way. Yeah. So Absolutely. speaking of trying to project, you know, where things are going from where they are, where do you see the immediate potential of true USD, and then maybe a little longer term potential um, for for true USD? 
Yeah, so in the short term, um, you know, we've seen really interesting behavior, which is, you know, our largest markets are Tether paired against TrueUSD and people are moving out of Tether and into TrueUSD. Like, you know, over 90% of the trades are, are, are that direction out of Tether and into TrueUSD. And so we've been really humbled by the, the adoption of the broader crypto community as, you know, a strong trading pair and as a stable store of value. That's sort of short term. But long term, you know, I can't tell you how many companies are reaching out to integrate TrueUSD into their um, distributed applications, whether it's for, you know, real estate transactions or they're building a marketplace and they want to have a, a native currency, um, you know, really just they want it, you know, a U.S. dollar equivalent that they can use while staying, you know, blockchain or blockchain native. Uh, and so I, I definitely see a future where, you know, there's there's hundreds of use cases, ones that we haven't even thought of. Uh, you know, in Forex and in, in remittances um, that uh, that hopefully, you know, our technology facilitates. And, and I think that's really exciting is to move towards this wholly digital representation of, of currencies. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't I can't help but to, to kind of agree with you on that. And uh, it's just funny, like crypto is incredibly <laughs> There's no way around it being difficult, like Bitcoin and Ether. They're kind of difficult to use, difficult to wrap your head around. But people have a very firm grip on how to use the dollar. Um, yeah, like that's that's second nature. Even kids, you know, they know how to use it. So, um, you know, it, it it seems to me it seems like the writing is on the wall. Everything will move to like a digital form uh, or cryptocurrency. So, the potential yeah. is the potential's there. Um, so now what I'd like to do is kind of differentiate trust token, uh, trust token from true USD a little bit. True USD is the first product, but you mentioned it earlier. Trust token is offering a suite of things, uh, on yeah. its platform. So maybe could we get like a glean into what some of those things are? Can we get like some exclusive, you know, like, what are you, <laughs> uh, you know, like what's under development? Is there anything you can mention? Is there anything, yeah. you, you know, like, let's give give some, uh, give us some, yeah, no. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I'm happy to. Um, so we, you know, we're starting with currencies um, because they're, you know, they're not securities. They We can operate within the existing uh, regulatory regime and there's enormous need, proven demand for them. Um, but we're going to actually be really quickly this year even moving into commodities. Um, and so I can hint at that's coming down the line. Um, in Q4, you might see some interesting, uh, you might see some interesting launches. I mean, we hope to announce even sooner. I can't let the cat out of the bag completely on that, but what I can maybe, you know, tee you into is say, uh, if you look on Coinless, I mean, it's behind the registration wall on Coinless, but, uh, you know, our sale, which is live right now, uh, if you register, you get all the sale materials and, um, we share, you know, quite a bit of the roadmap there. But really the exciting thing is we want to start working on securities, like issuing security tokens as early as next year, um, you know, Q1 uh, of next year. And and uh, I think that's where things are going to start to get really exciting because these currencies and commodities, like these are necessary components of the ecosystem. But once we start getting into securities, um, that's where we're starting to bring financial products to the world that are going to be... Uh, They'll, they'll be for they'll be accessible to an enormous number of people and we want to you know we want and we're going to be able to do some very novel uh tokenization or securitization projects um which i think 
I, I wish I could give you specifics, but we are a lot of them. We're actually still just under NDA, <laughs> um, that's but right. but that's that's super exciting. I can tell you that much. Like uh, we're we're just excited to bring novel financial products to you know investors all around the world, and and that's right around the corner. So I'm I'm getting more and more excited for that. You know, I've I've um, it's been a pipe dream since I thought of the idea of like security. Or, or tokenizing securities is just like if you have a mom and pop shop, you can, you know, tokenize your the shares in your mom and pop shop and then offer them up to the global crypto economy. I always thought that would just be like the coolest thing. And I'm really glad to see so much buzz around it. And I, I and it, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I, you know, as I say, I'm excited to see uh, what you offer here, hopefully in Q4. So, yeah. Appreciate that. Let's um let's turn right back to Trio Steve and let's talk about you've got a, a sale going on. A pre-sale? Or a... Uh so it's actually so the pre-sale is for trust token. Although okay, I, trust you know, this token. is okay. I feel like this is on us for for making things confusing, like the trust and true. Um the way I always remember it is, you know, true products are built on a platform of trust. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of cheesy one liner. But um you know, the the, the trust token uh, platform. So when what people are actually investing in is the the native currency of the platform. So so trust tokens are what's going to be used to stake on real world assets, and that's just another way of saying like put up collateral. Uh, so when you look at you know uh, investment banks, you know they're traditionally serving you know a marketing function and an underwriting function. So marketing is you know someone's got to go and if there's a billion dollars of some security that they're selling or an IPO, they have to go actually market and sell a billion dollars worth uh, or, you know, a large amount ahead of time before it even reaches public markets. And then the second aspect underwriting is the process where they're pricing the asset, they're assessing the risk, all the risks of the business. Um, and, and really it's a, it's a temporary transfer of risk from like the issuer to the investment bank before it then is in the public market and, and priced by the market. So um, the, the, the interesting thing we're, we're aiming to accomplish with Trust Token, the platform, is that all of our tokenization projects, including TrueUSD, take place on the platform. But instead of the traditional like intermediaries, like a bank getting all of the fees uh, for underwriting and for doing all these types of services, we're actually going to allow anyone in the world that is purchasing Trust Token to participate and almost act as like a miniature investment bank. So you can go and you can stake your tokens on our different financial products and uh, you'll then be able to uh, you'll be the one that is receiving those fees in return and so um, as more assets are are tokenized on the platform um, there's going to be more and more opportunities for uh, trust token holders to stake and then obviously staking will will be reducing the circulating supply um, but uh, but that that's the idea is that we, we want to kind of democratize that uh, underwriting process and uh, put collateral on, on chain. I know this is a lot of complex concepts, so let me know if you need, if you want me to clear any of it up. But uh, we we ultimately want to give people confidence in the products they're buying, and we think the best way to do that is actually having skin in the game. So having people put money up, saying, "Yep, I vetted this. You can go ahead and buy it." And if and if there were if there is any sort of bad actors or anything wrong, then you know the the money's already put up, so it's almost like an insurance policy on the on the tokens that you're buying i think it's a very good question and and instead of providing i think the best way to provide clarity for everyone would be to um, take them through a user story 
Like, what do they, they have this yeah. trust token. What do they do with it? Mm-hmm. How do they use it on the platform? Like, take take us through that Alice and Bob story. Everyone's favorite sure. two people. <laughs> Alice and Bob. So, so one way you can think about it is, let's say um, Alice runs a large commercial real estate company and she's bringing, let's say, you know, a $50 million offering forward, puts together all the documents, presents it, you know, to be tokenized, you know, using uh, the trust token platform. And uh, then Bob, let's say Bob holds trust token and Bob, uh, let's say he put together, um, you know, he went to a bunch of his friends and said, Hey, I'm going to perform, you know, underwriting on deals that I see come through relating to real estate. Cause I'm an expert in real estate. Um, so he pooled together a bunch of money and then, you know, he sees Alice's deal come on the platform. So he goes, he'll do all the due diligence. He's going to look at all the documents they've submitted. He'll look at the, you know, the accounting, um, where they're doing it, what the opportunity is. He assesses it. And then if he thinks it's a really good deal, he's going to put up collateral, uh, in the form of trust token. And if it gets to the right level of, uh, reserve, like fractional reserve, then the deal will tip. It's almost, think of it almost like a Groupon model. Um, and so once enough collateral is there, then the deal can go live. So Alice's deal will then go live and then people can actually purchase, let's call them, uh, let's say Alice's company is, is, you know, we can call it, uh, um, San Francisco real estate, just because this is a crazy market right now. So let's say, you know, there's now this San Francisco real estate, uh, token that people can buy and it represents ownership in her commercial real estate enterprises. Um, there's going to be a, there's a fee, a small fee baked in that, uh, Bob is receiving since he put up the collateral to basically vouch for the deal and he performed the due diligence. So he's receiving it as opposed to, you know, traditionally an investment bank would. And then the end purchaser of the true, uh, SF real estate token can have full confidence that what they're getting is a high quality product because they can look and see, oh yeah, there's, you know, there's millions of dollars tied up as collateral. Um, basically guaranteeing that my purchase is legitimate. And um, and in this model, we create, it's almost like a distributed uh, investment bank, right? Where anyone can play that role. In this case, it's Bob playing that role. And Alice benefits because she's getting liquidity on her real estate. And then the end token purchasers benefit because they're getting to invest in San Francisco real estate, which is a really hot uh, commodity. And they can then purchase that you know, from anywhere in the world. So that's a really long walkout walkthrough. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> very, very interesting. And that easily applies to more than just real estate. Correct. That applies yeah. to pretty much Almost anything any that asset. could be secure yeah. to anything that, you know, could be tokenized. Yep. It could be an individual product line of a business. It, uh, it could be intellectual property. I mean, there, there, there's some really interesting uh, applications for the technology. Intellectual property is a big one. That's yep. a big one. Um, so what about community? So if we were to, um, take a step back, how are you engaging with the community? Do you, do you have a very, uh, vibrant community? Uh, if not, like where could people go if they if they want to get involved with what Trust Token is doing? Yep. Um, oh, sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. I just said, how do how do they get there? Where, where's everybody talking about Trust Token? They can go in and be part of the conversations. Yep. I think the most active conversation is on Telegram. Uh, if you just search trust token, um, it's, you know, one word, um, you'll find our, our Telegram channel. You can also find it on our website, trusttoken.com. Um, and that's a great place. You can interact directly with the team there. 
there's uh, there's you know thousands of of people who have either invested in the project or just interested in it or partners. And um, yeah, there's always conversation happening there every day. So uh, that's definitely where I'd suggest. Good deal. Um, so I think that's just about everything. Um, there's one last question uh, sure. that I like to ask. And that is, uh, is there anything you feel I should have asked you um, that I didn't? Um, I'd say the, the one question is, uh, maybe how does this fit into the, like, why is this exciting? How does this fit into the big picture of, um, you know, I guess the future of investing or the future of financial products. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the reason it's a tough, it's the reason why uh, most people don't ask it is because it, it, it is, you know, it's years away, no question. But it's what I think a lot of people are starting to, um, you know, if you squint, they're starting to see it happening where a lot of our traditional financial institutions um, are being, you know, democratized in many ways, but also access to investment products are being democratized. And um, I think it's very exciting to think that financial products right now that are being built and let's say issued as an ERC-20, you know, Ethereum token those will be instantly interoperable with, you know, wallets and exchanges and all sorts of amazing applications being built by developers and entrepreneurs all around the world. And, uh, and they're being developed for, you know, every nationality, right. In Europe and Asia and South America. Um, and that's never that this type of like wide scale cooperation in financial markets has, uh, you know, almost never happened before. Definitely when it comes to securities, um, we take it for granted in the United States that we have access to really great secure, you know, really great products like Vanguard funds or, or iShares, but, you know, by BlackRock. Um, but a majority of the world does not have access. And so I think we're at the cusp of, of really democratizing asset or access to really great investments, um, that, you know, everyone around the world, multiple nationalities, many, like every nationality can participate in. And so that for me is very motivating, very exciting. Um, and I think uh, I'm very hopeful that the end result is going to be a much more liquid market, but also one where, you know, everyone has an opportunity to, to grow, like slowly grow their wealth and, and afford a lot of the luxuries that we have here uh, in the United States that we, that we largely take for granted. Absolutely. Um, the hyper liquidization, I've heard that word a few times in the, in the, in the past year. And, mm -hmm. uh, it's something that's very, um, I don't know, ethereal, but you are yep. starting to see like the glimmers of, of those possibilities, which is very, very exciting. So, Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, any, any closer remarks? Um, no, just, I appreciate you. I uh, appreciate your show and uh, appreciate your audience. Um, you know, reach out, feel free, anybody, if they want to ping me on telegram or, or if, uh, you're looking for a job, we're hiring for a million roles. Uh, but, uh, join us in, in, in this, uh, in this, in this journey. Um, yeah. Thanks again for hosting us.